Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Take 10. This is Desiree Dubois, founder of An Empowered Woman and Let's Talk Success. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Larry Cobadon, who is with Boardroom Performance Group. How are you doing, Larry? How are you doing today? Hello. Can you hear me okay, Larry? I don't hear you at all. So, good afternoon. So, what we're doing is that we are preparing a show with Larry Caliban, who is with Boardroom Performance Group. They have an amazing event that's coming up on June the 10th, and we want to be able to tell you more about it. So, as soon as we can get them on the line, Larry, are you with me? Am I able to hear you? Hello? Hello? Hello, there you are. How are you? Yeah, here I am. I'm doing fine. How are you? I can hear you now and you can hear me, right? Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Okay, so anyway, tell us a little bit about your Boardroom Next Practices Summit that's been scheduled to be held on June 10th. Yes, we're having a uh, a major board summit on June 10th at the Ford Design Center in Irvine. It'll be about three-quarters of a day through lunch, and we expect about 150 directors, C-level executives, investors, service providers to talk about how we can improve the performance in the boardroom and how we can uh, migrate uh, better talent, new talent, into the boardroom. So that's the event. So, so- so tell us a little about your company. What's the boardroom performance group? What is the intention and the direction of that company? Yeah, uh, the boardroom performance group was founded oh it's about six years ago because of all the work I was doing for boards while I was uh, working for one of the big executive search firms. And uh, it, it came about when all the banks and others were in trouble during the financial meltdown. The investors, regulators would ask uh, me to go in and help the board uh, and everybody in the boardroom improve performance in order to get out of a consent order or to get the investor funds uh, that otherwise were going to be cut off. So we formed it, and uh, the last couple of years we've been working with directors and boards that just want to improve to improve everybody's effectiveness in the boardroom. And so, what? Are, why is being? Why is this important? And who's it important to? Well, one of the, uh, the big things I found is that, you know, I work with a lot of C-level executives, CEOs, and recruiting. Uh, I was with PricewaterhouseCoopers. And the leadership issues have all gone up to the board uh, since Surveyne Oxley and uh, even the government. So what's happening is the boards have become extremely important in all aspects of our lives, from the PTA, church council, public companies, government uh, commissions, and nonprofits. And so it's a group collaborative uh, uh, approach to uh, creating value, and uh, the boards really haven't been trained to do that. It's been mainly compliance or shareholder value. So this is really important if, you know, if you're uh, uh, somebody in a local community that wants to be a director, 
if you're involved with a nonprofit, a church, a school, anything. Uh, so we're really emphasizing the importance of boards and the importance of uh, getting effective directors on those boards. Uh, I like to say, you know, this is for God, family, and country. Uh, it's not like the old days when the board was uh, was really a reflection of maybe an imperial CEO or an executive director who kind of brought his or her buddies into the room, and they all had a good time. Now this is serious business because of the potential uh, impact it could have in the community, in the nation, and the world. So there's a whole new field of helping people become effective directors, get on boards, uh, evaluate boards, and make sure that the boards are handling all the money we're giving them, whether it's the government or nonprofits or a school, handling the money uh, in a responsible way and reaching the mission. So then why would it be important for someone to participate in the board from that perspective? Well, I think, uh, you know, as, as Americans, I think we all know that we have a civil responsibility and duty to participate uh, in helping make the community better. So when you look at that, and uh, many of the people we deal with, they're on, you know, two to five boards. It could be a for-profit, a non-profit, a university, uh, and, you know, a, a performing arts, uh, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, and so forth. So it's important because if the board's operating, let's say, at 60% effectiveness, that means that the organization is operating probably at 60% effectiveness. So they can't perform their mission. They can't feed the homeless. They, they you know, they can't create value for employees. So it's huge that we get the right kind of people, not the old boy network, uh, not people with a lot of self-interest. We get the right people on the board uh, that want to make a contribution, want to give back. And uh, the other part of it is that uh, uh, if you're on a board spot, not for nonprofits as much as public companies, you can be uh, uh, very highly compensated as almost a new career. For example, a public company, the average uh, compensation for a public company uh, for a board member is uh, about $97,000, and I know one director, he's on two public companies, and he makes uh, $860,000. So there's there's a lot of rewards, but a lot of this board service is based upon a desire to give back. So nonprofits, uh, you know, uh, f uh, foundations, schools, uh, government, a lot of it is just a civic duty that people feel uh, responsible for to make uh, their community a better place and, and also work with people in a more effective way to create that. And so with those, someone that may be considering being on a board, especially the ones where you say they're compensated, you know, you know, in the high, you know, the high income bracket or seven, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, six figures or more. What are some of the qualifications they would need to have to be considered for that, and what's the process for them to to be, in, you know, what should they initiate to be able to qualify for that? Yeah, I think there. I think I've heard there are about fifteen thousand public company boards. Obviously, we've all heard about the Fortune five hundred, one thousand, and uh, you know, for the high end, it's probably going to be in the Fortune one thousand. So uh, what we're what we're helping people look at is well I'm a C level executive I've been on nonprofit boards how do I move to that next board so we're telling well here are the qualifications required you know you you need some personal integrity how to work with people you know some personal issues you need some professional qualifications maybe attorney uh, uh, you know just a, a good citizen or uh, technology and then you need to learn how to be a director. And then what happens, you kind of uh, get on that first nonprofit board, you you know, you get on a commission, uh, uh, you become an advisory uh, board member where you don't get paid, and you learn how to how to become a board member. You meet other people, you go to some classes, 
Uh, you become more knowledgeable about the industry. And then what happens is you move up in the board, and then you'll get invited. And board membership is uh, a situation where you're invited. So you need to be visible. You need to be prepared. And then if you're talented, you'll move up. So there's, you know, there's only a small number. I think there's 150,000 uh, board spots, of, you know, for the big public companies. So, but there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of board positions in the community, and you can start working your way up, and probably have a mixture of uh, uh, nonprofit, uh, uh, you know, and uh, other boards where you can give back, and then boards where you actually get paid. But in order to do that, you need to get prepared. You need to be well networked. You need to understand how a board works. And it's it's not that hard, and a lot of people we're dealing with are seeing boards as that next big career opportunity and an opportunity to give back. So we're providing a lot of the resources, educational, uh, networking, uh, access, and just uh, an idea that this is possible for anybody. And so from an individual's point of view, besides the fact of giving back and besides mm-hmm. the possibility of compensation, what else should they take in consideration as far as the reasons why they want to participate? And then the next question would be why they should partic- why they should create one for themselves and their businesses. Well, I think what uh, you know, there, there are probably two answers to that because uh, when I talk to people, you know, they're involved in some organization or it could even be a business where they just want to. They're they're frustrated with the fact that things aren't moving in the right direction and they want to fix it. We Americans are great. We want to make things better. We want to improve, <laughs> and, and we want to do those kind of things. So sometimes I want to get on that board and make some changes. I, you know, I want to make an impact. The second thing, I think the second question you had was if, if you have your own business. Now, you're, you could have your own business, or you could uh, – I have a lot of uh, people that are spending actually more time on some of their nonprofit boards than they are on their own boards because they're so challenging. But for their own businesses, what we tell them is this. There's a point where, as the founder – uh, which are maybe you have a, a select group of advisors, family, friends, and so forth that that help you out. But there's a point, and you you can kind of feel it yourself when you feel you've hit the ceiling for what uh, what you can do and your your current group or your mastermind can do. It could be that you need more contacts. It could mean that you need more capital, more technology, more strategy, international. So whatever it is, you are going to have to think about. Well, who else can I bring aboard that's better than what I have now? And eventually, if it really does well, maybe I replace myself. Uh, so I begin to bring in resources. And I tell a lot of entrepreneurs that I work with, well, be careful. <laughs> you know, you, 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 may get what, uh, you may get what you ask for because you're probably going to begin the process of, uh, of leaving the company if you're building a big company. But it's uh, so the the real answer is whenever you feel that you've reached a limit because of the talent, resources, and capabilities you currently have, that's when you all of a sudden you can't close that deal, you can't get the financing, you can't raise capital, uh, you know maybe you can't come up with a new product or the uh, strategic uh, uh, supply chain or distribution that you need. That's when you might want to be uh, considering uh, having a board because the board does require some effort and care, and plus you kind of have to give up some of your uh, uh, authority as the king of your business, but uh, you have to make that determination, and once you do, you want to make sure that it's done in a professional way so uh, you don't get misled, you don't get taken advantage of, and you can maximize the resources that you've uh, put together, and then all of you can move forward together and uh, really create a lot of value. So that sounds, I mean, I think a lot of the ladies don't realize the value, and that's why I'm so thank you so much for sharing that, 
because um, we many times envision it with large corporations, but my understanding you correctly, you don't have to have a large company, be a really small company or entrepreneur, but be able to tap into that access and access the uh, talent that's available around you. Yeah, one of the big things I get different sometimes with with people that are that are uh, have their own businesses, they'll say to me, "Well, you know, I don't want a board. You know, they could probably fire me." And what I tell them, no, that's mm-hmm. not the case. If you're if you're a business owner, maybe create an advisory board where maybe you have to pay them a little bit of consulting or a per diem or something. Uh, but it's not a legal fiduciary responsibility like for a public company. Uh, the board uh, could have the ability to fire you. But if it's your own company, uh, you know, you're still in charge. Now, as you formalize it, you know, you, you, maybe you bring in a private equity or investors or whatever, pretty soon you're going to have to uh, share the ownership because of that investment. And then eventually then may, maybe they could make a change. But by that time, hopefully the business is so big now and that your your portion of that expanded pie is worthwhile that you may say, well, thank you very much. Uh, I'll take my portion and uh, you guys continue on and uh, good luck and we had a great ride. So, it, but it's important to know how to do this. So either you 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 know you you don't flounder around trying to do everything yourself with your with your friends and family, or you put yourself in the position to be taken advantage of uh, that could destroy the company. So, part of what just sounds exciting about your event on the tenth is that you will be mocking a well, you'll have a mock boardroom. So, tell us about that. Well, one of the things we found, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I think that you probably go to a lot of conferences, and I go to a ton of conferences, and quite frankly, a lot of them are getting a little stale with talking heads and so forth. So we had to come up with some new ideas to get uh, the audience to participate, particularly directors and boards that are kind of stodgy. So one of the ideas we came up with, also the boards are very uh, often resistant to, to change and, and being, uh, or feel like they're being criticized. So we came up with this idea of the mock board where we, we got some really high-powered people that are on boards, uh, advisors, and they go up and actually have a board meeting. And we've dramatized it so that you can see what the dysfunctional issues are. You know, maybe an over-controlling CEO that puts down the CFO or, uh, you know, whatever the issues are, you can actually see it like you're watching a soap opera. And then we ask the people at the mm-hmm. tables to pretend they're directors and actually grade the performance of the board in uh, uh, the key categories like uh oversight of the CEO, strategy, as governance issues, and then actually grade the CEO, uh, the board members, the chairman of the audit committee. So what happens is a lot of fun, and people really enjoy mocking other people, but they don't like to it themselves. So we get people <laughs> emotionally involved, and at the end of this, they get up and they say as a jury, here's our grade for this board, and they get real passionate, and it's a lot of fun. And in the, and what we get back as feedback is that, you know, they say, that was so energizing, it woke me up, I was falling asleep, and we're one and number two. I learned more through that exercise than going to all these conferences, listening to the talking heads and getting all the detail and falling asleep. So so we're taking that now, and we, we had some real success when we, when we kicked this off. We kicked it off at the MGM Grand Hotel at an international two-day governance session where everybody started to fall asleep, you know, and uh, this was the hit of the um, of the event. So we're taking that now, and we're going to do it June 10th, and we're also talking to other, like, CPA firms, law firms that, uh, that want to energize some of their conferences by dropping in the mock board. But uh, when you get right down to it, event, after this, the board members are able to better uh, understand how a board works, 
what some of the key issues are they need to be watching, what uh, does good performance mean, what does good governance mean, but in a way that's kind of fun where they can make fun, and then I call them on, well, you know, if you said the sport's 60%, how's the board you're on? Okay, because they get people tend to get a little uh, arrogant or cocky when they're judging somebody else, but then we kind of uh, just flip it and say, well, how would you judge your own board? And that's when they they start thinking, oh, I guess maybe we're maybe sixty percent. And then once people do that, it's like benchmarking or, or uh, evaluating something. Uh, once you do that, the answers become more apparent, and then it also prioritizes uh, what you need to do because it could be there are uh, two or three key issues that if you change those that are obvious, then everything else would work. So that also helps people focus on what needs to be changed. And plus it's fun. It sounds like fun. And you have quite a board of speakers. You have quite a few contributing speakers. Do you want to name off some of those names? Yeah, yeah uh, you know, we have like uh, the president, uh, uh, Melissa uh, Laura, who's the uh, the president of Taco Bell International. We have the head of the not-for-profit practice for Moss Adams, Melissa Hartman. Uh, we have Sharon Lecter, who uh, wrote the book Think and Grow Rich for Women. We have Larry Taylor, who's an international uh, governance expert, Dr. Larry Taylor. Uh, we have the uh, CEO of Local.com. Uh, he's also a, a private equity investor. So, we, uh, And we have another one, uh, Dave Engelman, who is the uh, former chairman of Fleetwood uh, Enterprises and has been the chair of uh, Magic, the mortgage group. Some really senior people that we're going to have a lot of fun with. And uh, uh, but but what happens? We got to break through kind of the old school protocols and really get to it. And uh, you know what we're trying to uh, we call it moving from Oldsmobile thinking, like you're, you know, remember the old thing about your father's <laughs> Oldsmobile, to Tesla thinking. We need to get the boards moving. We need to get them with new ideas, new people, and uh, replace kind of the old guard uh, with the you know the new talent that has new criteria. And one of the big criteria we're using for this is something we call the value-creating board, uh, where the board members have to figure out, well, what does that mean? And how do we create value not only for the shareholders but for the employees, the customers, uh, you know, everybody, supply chain, the community. So it's a bigger responsibility. It's give back. It's being ethical. So we're taking all of these values and, and saying to the board, you know, this is not a mechanical uh, role that you're playing. This is very important for the company and the community and yourself. Fantastic. Now, share with us a little more about the details of the day as far as how they can register, how much it costs, where it's located, oh, sure. and the times, and how they can get their tickets. Okay. Uh, you can register at uh, it's called the E&P Institute. That stands for Executive Next Practices. And if you go to their we- to the website, that's our partner on this, uh, and go to E&P, uh, uh, and you'll see events, and that'll be listed there, and it's on June 10th. Uh, I think it starts about 8.30 at the Ford Design Center, which is near the Spectrum, uh, right next door to Taco Bell's headquarters. Uh, so the first session will be on the mock board. Uh, then we're, we're, we're going through lunch. We're going to have another session, session two, which will be uh, 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 the topic will be, are you ready for the next board opportunity? So uh, Am is a former executive search person is going to call somebody like it would be calling you, Desiree, and say, uh, would you be interested in a board spot? Here's the qualifications. Would you mind if I interviewed you? So the second part, they're going to uh, really be able to assess uh, their own readiness for that next board position. The first part will be uh, how to assess a board. And that should go through till about 2 or 2.30. Uh, we're also going to create a community 
under something called the Boardroom Performance Institute so people can begin networking immediately to build their relationships in the governance community, whether they're, you know, aspiring director or somebody that's with a public company. The cost, uh, uh, like if it was just the morning, it would be, I think it was $85 and then 75 for the lunch, but we packaged this uh, for the three quarters of the day for $125 for both sessions, including a continental breakfast and lunch. And, and I don't think, I don't think it's Taco Bell. <laughs> I think we're having sandwiches or salads or something. But uh, uh, so 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 that's the deal. And uh, and a lot of people are, are saying to us to go to these big, you know, public company ones where they charge you six thousand or three thousand. And we got people from Harvard. We're saying you don't have to go to Harvard. You can just come to Irvine and spend half a day with us and experience a case that doesn't require you to spend eight thousand dollars to go back to Harvard. Wow. And well, that's, what, I think and what that's, we're going to have is the combination of people. It's going to be C-level people, aspiring directors, uh, established directors. Uh, so people who are interested in boards, being a director, knowing about this, and, and have some issues about, well, I want to improve this, I want to give back. So this is open to everybody. It's not one of those uh, high elite things I go to once in a while. That uh, it's just it's, it's not that clubby, uh, you know, five percent group. This is everybody. And it sounds like that, and I think it's really valuable, and that's why I want to share it with our ladies, because some of them are in the position where they could be qualified to be on boards, and a couple of the ladies are on boards, and I know they're receiving, you know, quite generous compensation for it. And then, again, not only being on a board, but really know what's the what the process is and knowing the connections and what's required. Yes. But more importantly, if you want to establish one yourself, you know, again, we get to a certain point, like you said, where we get flatlined or we've out grow our team and you want to be able to expand upon that's a very generous way of being able to bring experts and expertise onto your business without any tremendous cost so i encourage exactly. everyone to participate everyone to follow up and just share with us one more time where they can get more information whether your email ad i mean your um, website as well as your phone number sure well if, if you want to hit me personally uh my uh email is larry at boardroomperformancegroup.com, Larry at boardroomperformancegroup.com, and the uh, registration uh, email is uh, ENT Institute, or just EMP, that stands for Executive Next Practices, and if you look under events, that'll direct you directly to the June 10th event uh, flyer, and under that, there'll be a, a, a section to register, so just hit the registration, and you can do it online. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and expertise. I'm looking forward to being there and making all these connections and being able to expand my network as well as my net worth. And um, right. I thank you very much. And I, th well, I want to thank our so listeners much, for joining us today. You're welcome. I want to thank our listeners. If you want more information, feel free to contact An Empowered Woman at 818-865-8563 or feel free to visit us at anempoweredwoman.com. And until we meet again, Stay empowered.